How would you respond following a near-death experience? Hi, everybody. This is the Another Chance Daily Devotion. I'm Brian Sussman. In this podcast, you're going to be hearing how a friend of mine has responded following his recent brush with death. And I believe that his testimony is going to be not just inspiring, but it's going to be encouraging and equipping. Please stay tuned. The Another Chance Podcast, right now. Well, greetings, everyone. This is, of course, the Another Chance podcast, and I'm really excited about these daily devotionals, if for no other reason, because I'm getting pumped up. My faith is being built up as I produce these. And judging by the increase in listenership, I think yours is as well. So I thank you for that <laughs> as, I, as I clunk into the microphone. <laughs> You'd think after all these years behind a microphone, I would know how to operate a microphone. But enough of the frivolities. Let's get down to business here by setting our hearts properly before the Lord in prayer. You, you may be driving right now. You may be at home just relaxing. You may be running. You may be at the gym. Whatever the case may be, let's just take a moment to put our hearts right before God as you allow me to pray, and I thank you for that. Lord God, creator of the universe, you know us inside and out, and I thank you for that, Father. We thank you for that. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for giving us the helmet of salvation. Thank you for the breastplate of righteousness. Thank you for the belt of truth, for the shoes of peace ready to share the gospel, for our shield of faith, and for the sword of the Spirit. Lord, we thank you so much. May we gain whatever you would have us to gain from this time together. In your Son's name, amen. I have a dear friend. His name is Mitch. In fact, Mitch and Juliet are in one of the Another Chance podcasts where I have a story regarding their daughter, their daughter who was lost at sea and had an amazing biblical-like rescue that kept her safe from perishing in deep and turbulent water. So I highly encourage you to check out that particular podcast. It's Another Chance, Episode 7. I recently heard from Mitch. Mitch had a brush with death. I'll say this about Mitch and Juliet. Uh, these people, and anybody who knows them, I think... No, I don't think. I know. Anyone who knows them would say Mitch and Juliet are like two people right out of the book of Acts. The way that they operate and for and serve the Lord is incredible. They are completely sold out to Jesus, and the fruit of their labor has been spectacular. So those of you who know Mitch and Juliet, I'm sure you're saying, well, absolutely. You could probably add something to what I've just shared. Mitch 
is an incredible athlete. Oh my gosh, I think he told me that he's calculated it. He's swam around the earth two times. If you add up all the mileage he's put into a, in a pool, he's swam around the earth two times. He's also a big wave surfer. And uh, big wave surfers aren't, yeah, man, a righteous dude. No, no, big wave surfers are incredible extreme athletes. And he's one of those guys in very, very good shape. In his 50s, he has a heart attack. And not just a heart attack, but it ends up becoming a near-death experience. That was only a couple months ago. He sent out an email to his friends, and I'm just going to read this email to you because I think you're going to be blessed. In fact, back up, I know you're going to be blessed. Mitch says, I'm reading through the books of Samuel right now, and I'm reminded of a sad reality. As I look at Samuel, an incredible judge and leader in Israel, I realize his children did not walk in his ways. As I read on, I thought about the whole Bible and the stories of fathers and sons. I could not think of very many righteous fathers who were able to pass their principles on to their sons. It says of Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 7, verses 15 through 17, Samuel continued as Israel's leader all the days of his life. From year to year, he went on a circuit from Bethel to Gilgal to Mizpah, judging Israel in all those places. But he always went back to Ramah, where his home was. And there he also held court for Israel. And he built an altar there to the Lord. My friend Mitch continues, Seems like old Sam might not have been around much for his kids. They may have gone through a partially fatherless upbringing as he was making his circuit from year to year. His adopted father, Eli, had two evil kids as well. So Samuel could even see the fruits of not getting involved in their kids' lives. Later we see, when he was old, people said this, 1 Samuel chapter 8, verse 1. When Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons as Israel's leaders. The name of his first one was Joel, the name of his second, Abijah, and they served at Beersheba. But his sons did not follow his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. Mitch says, I can imagine the heartbreak it must have been for Samuel to see his sons were not walking in his ways. He probably felt the pain of failure in raising kids for righteousness. And of course, it didn't exactly work out. Then Mitch says, I thought through all the kings that were in the Old Testament. I could not think of a righteous king who had an equally righteous son. Even King David's son, Solomon, turned out to be one of the wisest fools ever. He chased after wine, women, and song, along with all kinds of demon gods. His book of Ecclesiastes could actually be called Lamentations. It was only at the end of his life that he finally understood how he wasted so much of it. I guess I stand rather challenged by this harsh reality. People have often told me, don't be too hard on yourself. God is the perfect father, and look how many rebellious kids he has. But that doesn't cut it with me. I'm reminded of so many times when I could have been a better father to my kids. My ego and self-serving attitudes kept getting in the way of God's perfect plan for their upbringing. At times, I even hid behind ministry needs to push my agenda over their needs. 
it might sound like I'm being too hard on myself. Now, anyone who knows Mitch's kids would say, Mitch, you're, you're being way too hard on yourselves. Your kids are awesome. So getting back to what Mitch is saying here, it might sound like I'm being too hard on myself, but I don't think so. The only perfect father is our heavenly father. I have ministered to so many who see God through their earthly father with all of their faults. No matter how good they were, it's still a distorted view. It's like looking into the curved mirrors at the fair. The reflection disfigures us, and we get a good laugh at how funny we look. Gosh, Mitch is just so spot on. How many of us see God through our earthly father with all of his faults? Continuing with Mitch. God charged me to be a reflection of himself to my kids. Yet I was that warped circus mirror. My kids had to try and imagine the perfect father by first looking at my life. Some of the things I did and said were certainly not a reflection of God. So I guess this note that I'm sending really goes out to my kids. I'm so sorry for the multiple ways I was a cracked, warped, and dirty mirror. I would like to say I always did my best, but that would not be the truth. Sometimes selfishness and sin got in God's way. I reflected a poor image of our Heavenly Father to you, my kids. And for that, I do have regrets. I pray that you kids will grow past any pain or distortion you may have about God's love for you. He is the only perfect dad and certainly I am not. This is certainly getting to me, and I know to you as well, and for you women who are listening, I'm sure it's striking a chord with you as well in terms of your role model as a mom. There is a huge difference, Mitch continues, between conviction and condemnation. What I'm saying comes from a heart that is convicted of my past selfishness and sin. But I do not stand in condemnation. Hallelujah. The devil loves to condemn. Condemnation is a dead end street, literally. Conviction is an open road with God. He takes us from where we are to where we need to be. And I'm on that journey. And I pray so are all of you. Friends, it's really important to remember there is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. The devil is the biggest, loudest accuser there could possibly be. You have been saved by the blood of the Lamb. There is no condemnation. Oh, your sins could have been great in the past. Your sins could have been great yesterday. There is no condemnation. I just want to, I want to reiterate what Mitch is saying here. Somebody needs to hear this. Somebody. You may not be a dad. You may not be a mom. Somebody needs to hear this out there. Continuing with Mitch. Jesus met so many sinners throughout his ministry. He never condemned them. The only ones he really blasted were the self-righteous religious types. They thought they were doing their best to please God. He was patient and compassionate with those who recognized their spiritual poverty. He did not have much patience with the self-righteous snobs. 
As I get older, Mitch says, I realize how much I still need to learn and how little I really know. Drawing closer to a perfect creator highlights my imperfections. I have one of two options. I can pull away back into the darkness and hide myself behind my shame, or I can draw closer to the one who loves me more than I love myself in repentance and supplication. He will be there to forgive me and restore me to greater measures of holiness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. That's me talking. (laughs) Thank you. Back to Mitch. Jesus said his road is narrow. That speaks not of limited possibilities and the stifling of opportunities. It speaks to me of a closeness to my loving Heavenly Father. Yes, the road is narrow. Oh, it's not broad. I want to be close to Jesus. I want to be close to my Creator. I want to be close to the one who says, I am the way, truth, and life. No man comes to the Father except through me. But back to Mitch's letter. That's what I want more than anything. Jesus set the stage for entrance into the kingdom of heaven. And the fee, the fee, the fee, the payment is humility. All that involves is to recognize our reality before God. We are destitute without God. Any sense of self-sufficiency is idolatry. Matthew 5, 3 says this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Mitch says, my regrets are mine alone. God promises to wipe away every tear in that day. Those tears will be tears of regret. Regret for the things we could have or should not have done in our lives. It's my prayer that in the end, your regrets before God would be few. I pray that you too would recognize your poverty before the Father. Bowing down in humility and faith is the ticket to heaven. More humility and faith, the better the seating. Oh, that's, that's good. So, friends, you're in the kingdom. You are there. You're in. You're in. But bowing down in humility and faith, oh my gosh. More humility, more faith. <laughs> that's better seating in heaven. I like that. Aim for a ringside seat by living a life that is pleasing to God. Are you hearing that, friends? Please. Let's aim for a ringside seat. Let's live a life that is pleasing to God. No regrets. This is the only kind of existence that really has meaning. Friends, God's calling you to draw closer to him. How you do that is between you and God. What do you have to give up? What do you have to do to draw closer to God? What do you need to sacrifice for his his namesake? What a beautiful, beautiful letter from my friend Mitch. Let me close with these wonderful words. This is from the book of Jude. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling... Did you hear that? He's able to keep you from stumbling. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, 
be glory and majesty and dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. This is the Another Chance Podcast. Thank you for joining me, everyone. It's my pleasure to serve. Brian Sussman here. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America.